up everyone? We are here today. Let's see. What's up, everyone? Thanks for coming and joining in today. Uh, we are on episode seven of Yo Yo of Strictly Talking Shit today with Adam. And I, saw you, I saw you hit that vape. No, I did I not hit no vape. I saw you. I don't vape. And I saw you hit that vape. Oh, I don't hit no vape. For my AirPods. Hey yo, what's up, you at all? We are here to chat. To, I'm leaving before Garbar ruins this love topic today. Today's topic is Plumbing Chronicles. What is Plumbing Chronicles, Adam? Throw it your way. Oh, sorry. My neighbor's cutting up. This guy's just cutting off, man. I don't even know what's wrong with his internet. Is it my internet or his internet? My, my internet. It's my internet. Okay. There we it's go. My I was just uh, going to get my earpods. Perfect. I was uh, today's topic is plumbing chronicles, meaning anything to do with plumbing that we're going to be talking about, uh, specifically what Adam and I wanted to touch base on is just the, how plumbing has evolved, how plumbing's changed and how different plumbing is throughout, uh, Canada even, or throughout BC, the smoke's interfering the Wi-Fi. No, the smoke's only blown your way, uh, <laughs> into the States, not ours. We just, we just made sure we made the smoke for you guys. Yeah, um, to be honest, to be honest, Toronto's bad right now. Is it? It's really bad. Yeah, we got lots of smoke right now. It's pretty crazy out there. Uh, yeah. It's just hot right here in the office. But uh, no, it's just you. A, I need to open a window, man. Jeez, it's hot just, in here. That's, that's just you. I'm sweating. You're 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 a, you're a stud muffin. Uh, there we go. You're a stud muffin. All right. Thanks for coming on today. So we want to talk about a few things today. I think. Um, one of the biggest things that we want to talk about is how, I mean, if you guys can join us, that'd be great. If you guys have anything to talk about that's different, that'd be great as well. About just what's different in the industry from ranging from Canada to U.S. or just Canada in general. Um, yeah. You know, to start, thank you, 21st birthday today. By the way, it's my birthday, yes, if you guys didn't know already. Um, 16th but birthday. Six, sweet 16. So if you didn't know, what, so, so – big example that I have already is when I was talking to you, Adam, we found out that you guys use a lot of rads over there. Yeah. So when, when we're, if you guys didn't know already, obviously we're doing this whole campaign with doll valves that, you know, we're helping to promote doll in general because we love the valves. But when we were talking about one of the things that we're promoting, we we're talking about rad valves. Right. And for us over here, I mean, rads are so, they're not common at all, but for your end of the neck of the woods, it's a very common thing. Yeah, same thing with uh, partition stops. I remember we were talking with Dahl and you know, it was like, hey, yeah, we can right. uh, on partition stops. And you're like, uh, what's a partition stop? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I know. And, okay, after I saw the picture, I know what it does and I know what it is. But technically, we just don't really install those. Yeah, you don't have them. And, and really, we don't install them here all that much. Uh, unless it's an older building, we're replacing it. And honestly, it's just a, it's a security feature to make sure that tenants aren't messing with their water. You know what I mean? But if, if I were to ask you, like, specifically for rad valves, like, how many rads do you do in the, in the winter? Like, uh, quite, a, quite a bit. We got a lot of, we got a lot of, I get a lot of heat calls, a lot of no heat calls. There's a, yeah. there's a ton and a lot of, a lot of older 
apartment buildings, like walk-ups, four-story walk-ups are all rads. And the thing is, a lot of plumbers don't understand it. A lot of plumbers don't understand the heating side of thing. And an HVAC guy doesn't understand the water side of, of the heating side. Right. So yeah, um, it's a, it's a big niche in Ontario where a lot of people don't understand it. And because I've worked for black and Mac for so long, I worked in all these hundred year old schools and it was all rads, black iron, all old, old rads. Right. So that's where my background in plumbing comes from where yeah. I la I lack in, some some plumbing that people would consider basic plumbing when it comes to like drainage and venting yeah. uh, and doing it, doing a custom home. But then when I'm put into diagnose uh, heating system, they're lost because they have no clue. You know what I mean? So that's crazy. Like I know we have, we have rads here, but probably I can tell you throughout my 12 years of experience, I've probably replaced one rad valve and it was in a really? church. It was in yeah. a church. Funniest story. Uh, uh, we're, we're just in there because we had to, one of the rad valves was leaking, obviously. So we replaced the rad valve. And then while working at church, sometimes it's just the weirdest thing. Like, um, you know, I, I grew up Christian, so nothing against church or anything, but thank you for the happy birthday. Um, but like, while we were working there, it's like, you have to be quiet because randomly yeah. there's people sitting on all these benches and they're on their knees and they're just like praying. And then here we are, we're trying to bleed out the air, right? So we're bleeding out the air. These guys are praying and it goes like... <laughs> and then and then the guy who gave us the job it's like he had no he had no regard for for anything that's happening in this church he just goes hey terrence how's it going and there's like five or six guys in there and they're they're just like praying and i'm like are we supposed to talk that loud or are we, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like uh, skaters skaters just... never heard it called rads before i call it really? rads. i've always called it rads <laughs> I don't know what it is. Dude, man, there's Milton District High School is like the, one of the oldest schools that we worked in. And if we shut down, if you had to drain the system, like we had to do, we had to drain the system and fix a leak on a three inch main. Yeah. And we had to groove it in the ceiling with a oh. hand groove going. But we know when we shut that system down, there's going to be leaks. And we knew we were going to be bleeding that system for like six hours. That's brutal. So you, you're sitting there with a garbage can with a quarter inch bleed valve. You're like, do I want to shut it down again? Why? Host bit with just change it like... to a half. Just change it to a half inch. That would have been <laughs> That's better. That's what I mean. We would sit there, but we we're getting paid to sit there. Oh, okay. And so you might. So you might as well. You might as well be doing an eighth, an eighth inch valve instead. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Screw it. Well, when we were union, man, I was union, and anything over eight hours was double time. So it was like the amount of money we made in overtime was insane. That's crazy. But yeah. you, okay, so there's another thing. Check this out. Um, yeah. So for a while, I, you know, when we ever receive photos of installs, I'm sure you guys have seen photos of installs as well. Across Canada, for BC alone, for us, we are big zone valve users for our yeah. heating systems. Yeah. And when you go across to Alberta and Edmonton and all those places, you can see the installs are always zone pumps. So they have a, a, a pump for every zone instead. And wow. that's, that's, that's the weird part. So you think everybody keeps coming in and they're like, oh, why do you do that? That's uh, you're giving lesser quality. You might as well put a pump in because a pump is better, blah, blah, blah. But the real reason isn't because a pump is better or whatever they think it is. It's cost. Yeah. The funny thing for zone valves over here, they cost about 60 bucks, right? Yeah. Um, for them, the pumps over there are about hundred something just across the board in Canada, something like that as well for ECMs. But the reason they do that is because for zone valves in Alberta, they're actually very expensive because they oh. actually, uh, according to Honeywell, they have different SKUs. So oh. with their SKUs, they can't all carry the regular zone valves that we carry, which are the uh, 
I forgot the number, whatever it is. But sometimes the, what they use in Alberta is a lot of flared ones. So when they have to order it, that's about 130 to 140 bucks their cost instead. Yeah. Uh, because it's not a regular stocked item for them as well. So that's why their zone pumping that happens across Canada instead of uh, zone valves. Whereas BC is all zone valves because, you know, it's cheap, it's relatively easy, and we don't have to do 120 volts to every one of them. Yeah. Pretty easy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how different it is across just our country alone. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and we, we have a red seal license that covers our entire country, but in the States, it's per state. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, Texas, I heard is one of the hardest States to get a license there, but then you have places like New Jersey where it's like very lackadaisy. And then you have places like Philly, that's a little more intense and a little more caveman ish. I know. Yeah. They're still doing S traps and pouring lead yeah. over there. So yeah, yeah their 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 codes are their codes are different. Like I I have been here that we want to talk about is like for kitchen sinks. Like a lot of the installs that we've done that I put on Instagram, people are like, oh, you can't do that. You can't have a direct connect connection to your waste to your right. to your sanitary system because a lot of people in California or whatever they're from in the states they have to do indirect connections. That's why when you see sinks running, they have a little tiny sink that's yeah. in the floor what? so that all of it drains into that a sink drains into kind of like another pit before it goes in like that's uh, in connections with an air gap I, I don't know why it's for that but that's their code you also see a lot of places that are uh are um are to, uh, to earthquakes <laughs> to earthquakes they they use yeah. the flex connections to their hot water tanks right you know what i mean right. or right their hot water tanks are off the ground they're elevated yes you know what i mean like so like a lot of places they the the low I'm, it's like the more south you get the more elevated tanks are some tanks are like on their roof yeah it's crazy. Well, that's the thing about plumbing right so like you know we we wanted to talk about this because in in this whole industry all the time when people talk about plumbing they they feel like you know their place is the only place that's right and i think there needs to be more um more what do you call it more uh more word to be said that plumbing is actually different everywhere. And yeah, you know, codes are different. Uh, the material you use is different. Just like we're talking about press joints or like uh, some places don't like press joints or when you're talking about Philly, they still like to pour their joints. And then yeah. there's a bunch of people that see us use ABS. They're like, well, you guys are hacks. Well, no, we're not hacks. That's the norm <laughs> over here. Right. Yeah. ABS is PVC. Normal. Yeah. Or you see PVC, right? So, you know, that's a big thing that we wanted to bring up today is just that plumbing is different within the whole industry. It's not going to be always the same. So if you guys are watching more of this and watching more things go online, uh, it's always a good idea to be asking questions of how it's different around the world. Because one of the things we talk about is traveling all the time and talking to different people, because by talking to different people, you actually know how the industry changes across the board. Yeah, you really do. And um, there's, there's been battles. There's been literal drama on, yeah. Instagram over codes and be like, no, you're a hack. And it's like, no, actually, this is what is in my code book. But yeah. you really, are you going to pull your code book and do a live and be like, look, see, <laughs> like it's, it's code here. And then in Philly, it's wrong or in, yeah. yeah it's, well, this it's guy's crazy. talking about Puticana. It looked like the plumbing had European influence, like European influence is big. Like for me, I always think if you look at a lot of European stuff, yeah, they use copper, but they're pretty big on PEX too, but their PEX is different. Their PEX is the multi-layered PEX which is different yeah. from ours. You know, we think people who use PEX are, it's a hack or whatever it is and it's not nice, but Europeans, they use PEX like it's nothing because they have a multi-layer PEX. 
They have yeah. PEX that has uh, what aluminum inside on one of the layers, and they have polypropylene on the outside. It's just like our Kitech, though. In Canada, yeah. people are scared about Kitech. I don't know how much the Kitech affected you over there. Yeah. But here, like, we do Kitech replacements like crazy. Like, ripping. Uh, uh, we we do the same thing. We still have the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough. And then when we went to Ish and they were throwing us the multi layer, at, at first I was looking at it going, like, Ugh, like I'm scared because we've Canada's already had that issue, but they've and they've, they've had it since forever. No issues. I know, and they're, they're installing it. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, we that were too. Installing it incorrectly. But yeah. What's so what's interesting is I don't know for those of you in this chat, you know, I'd love to know what kind of plumbing you guys do. But you know, when you get into plumbing, a lot of people ask, "What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to do?" It really depends on what kind of plumbing you want to get into. See, the thing that we want to talk about plumbing chronicles is just that you know, there's there's different kinds of plumbing like i know a guy that strictly does septic tanks super yeah. interesting work i know fuck all about septic tanks septic, yeah. I, i've read about them i know how they work yeah. but to install one apparently there's barely any code for that did yeah. you know that across no, the board there's barely any code for that because that's rural that's rural plumbing yeah like people call me people call my business and they'll say like hey uh i got a well pump that's not working properly and i will literally say i'm like Listen, I know about well pumps. I've never worked on them professionally. Like uh, I yeah. paid for to do it. Uh, and it's a completely different license. And I say, there's a company called Adams Plumbing around here. And I go, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like to overpromise and underdeliver. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you call Adams prom, uh, Plumbing because they specialize in this stuff. And they're in that rural area. Because yeah. it's just not the plumbing that I understand. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to go promise that I can do something. And the funniest and, part, you know, the funniest part, when you talk to customers, they call in, they think that a plumber knows everything yeah. about, about plumbing. Like we kind of do. Yes. But at the same time, it doesn't mean we've done all that kind of work. Cause you know, yeah. other than septic tanks, we talk about water filtration, oh. water filtration. Yeah. I had a whole, I had a whole reading about it. I had a whole uh, schooling about it, but it's just like, if you don't do it enough, I'm not gonna have. I, I'm not gonna be able to tell you the best benefits of like, you know, reverse osmosis or just like taking out your contaminants and how small of a filter you need to be able to change all that water. What do you need a charcoal filter and all that crap? Like, there's so many things and hardness of water, the pH of water, what is actually perfect for you because there's so much science behind it that some people say alkaline water is better, some other people say basic water is better, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, the, there's so the much thing, into that. The funny thing is, I, probably the last year and a half, two years, is when I finally started to understand softeners, ROs, yeah. um, and, and different kinds of filters. To be honest, I knew water and water out. I didn't yeah. know how it worked. Yeah. But like going from the industrial commercial side of things and coming into residential stuff, I, I kind of had to adapt and kind of do my research. And as yeah. a licensed plumber, it, it, nothing is out of our scope. Like I can figure everything out. I will yeah. figure something out, and but the thing is, in my specialty in it, and, and that, and I'm just upfront and honest with her, yeah. with my customers, and same with my techs too. Like I, I tell my techs, don't pretend, don't make it seem like you're, yeah. like, don't feel like you're stupid. You know what I mean? Like you tell the customer straight up, hey, listen, I don't know much about this, but I'm gonna find out for you, and we're gonna get this yeah. job done for you. That's but yeah, it. the, the, it, it's crazy though. But that's the hardest side about plumbing because. You know, I, I want to get down the list. There's so much more that I want to talk about. Like, you know, for us, there's hydronics, there's high pressure yeah. systems, there's industrial plumbing for hospitals. You know, that, that list goes on because for me, it's just like, well, I never touched glass pipe. Yeah. I've never touched uh, some specialty pipe or uh, high pressure oxygen or working of chemicals, all that kind of stuff. There's just so much kind of 
plumbing out there that, you know, it's such, it's such a big thing to explore. And the worst part sometimes is just that because it's so vast and when we have this whole national code and everything that goes with it, it's just that you actually don't get to learn enough unless you mm -hmm. kind of pick, pick and choose your specialization. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started, me, myself, I started in Ruffins um and i was like digging ditches and doing undergrounds and doing rough ends in the winter and then doing finishing in the or doing rough ends in the summer and doing what finishes in the in the winter and uh it was just not plumbing for me i did it for a year and a half and then i got into residential service and then i got into residential commercial or i got into commercial industrial service and service was my kind of avenue that i went down yeah but like i understand hydronics from um from a diagnosis standpoint where I can go in and diagnose a problem, but to, to pipe in a whole system right from scratch, I can do it, but have I done it multiple times? No, I, I haven't. I, and there's some guys that are online that are fucking fantastic at it. Like Tyler Dines destroys it. And he's not yeah. even a plumber, dude. He's a gas fitter. Yeah. And I always joke around with him about it, but like there's guys that are gas fitters that, uh, that do work that will show up a plumber that's a residential guy and, and be able to work them under the table. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think this the housing industry goes is they're trying to split more between like specializations now. Um, yeah. But you know, the, for us, what's good from what I know from the harmonized code, I mean, not the harmonized code, the harmonized plumbing courses that's happening. So for a lot of you that guys that are apprentices, I've told my own guys this, this is that now when we are, uh, now when we are working within um, the schooling for years one to four, when you get to third and fourth year, they actually start teaching you how to do all the backend stuff instead. They're making more plumbers aware or apprentices aware of what, a, what it takes to run a business, such as like uh, they teach them how to invoice. They teach them how to order stuff and do POs. They teach them about warranties. Uh, they teach them about how to submit stuff and how to do permits, all of those things that wait, are more wait, required. Wait, in BC, for, you have four years of school? Yeah. Yeah, we have three, and we don't learn any of that. We have three years. No, the the, 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 the new harmonizes for across the board. Really? So, uh, okay. within, within probably something in, in your program, your apprentices are going to learn more about that side. It's more of like service-based now as well, because for the longest time, it's been so heavily dominated by yeah. the uh, construction industry, because obviously that's where all the money goes in, right? Like they pay a shit ton of money, and they're the ones that are always the big guys that are going to be telling um, – you know, skill trades or, or whoever governs your uh, learning that, you know, we need more laborers to learn what rough ends and shit are. But then the problem is that's the simplest stuff, right? Yeah, but and then, that's, yeah. It, diagnosing is the, is the hardest thing. Like it, how many times have I had a construction guy come in and go, ah, well, it's broken. Just replace it. You're like, no. Swap why? it out. Yeah, like why? Let's, let's, let's build it. Let's rebuild it. Let's fix yeah. it. You know what I mean? And, and, and the thing and is, for me, with, I, with, yeah. With, with uh, the way uh, the economy goes uh, and money and, and how everything's going is that when money's good, people are oh, inclined to replace. They're just replace, replace, replace. Now where the recession, a recession's coming, people are more inclined to repair, repair, repair. So that's why yeah. the service does this. It always goes yeah. up and down, right? So. But, it, but it's good to know that side, and which is why, like, it's great that schools are looking more towards that end. And for me, even in BC, when I'm, when I'm writing those outlines, not writing it, but when I'm joining in to give my opinion about the outline and I'm going through all these questions, I change the questions to, one, make it a lot harder, and yeah. two, to make it so that it's more catered for not just the service industry, but what you should know as a plumber yourself.
yeah. because the way that plumbers have been taught so far and the way that they come out from school, a lot of it was self-learning for all the other stuff, but they didn't really teach the stuff that was necessary to actually help a business run. They yeah. just taught the self stuff that was necessary to make you just somebody who did your day to day. Right. As, that as came in through as, the and water lines. As someone that has written the red seal within the last two years, um, the red seal exam is like, it's tough. It's not easy, but a lot of it is just You're understanding. The, uh, <laughs> understand, understanding plumbing, dude. Understanding plumbing. Just no, you have true. to understand plumbing. But there's a lot of questions in there that isn't has nothing to do with plumbing. Oh, nothing yeah. at all. Like, nothing. oh yeah. And you're like, and there's there. I remember having a brazing question on the Red Seal exam um, about like uh, what kind of rod to use uh, on, and what, uh, what kind of copper you can braze to. And if you've never brazed before, you're like if you're a residential plumber soldering three quarter and half inch pipe the whole time yeah. or you're crimping the whole time what are you going to know about brazing nothing you, you never you never brazed in your first year when you went to school uh yeah we did but that's it you did it at school me i have my brazing ticket so you guys have a brazing ticket yeah and you have to do a certain amount of brazes to keep that ticket and you have to document it yeah that's so stupid i can phrase right now and i can document 20 of them yeah i like I, I we did welding too, first and second. Yeah, we we, so. we we did that as well. Yeah, I, I I guess that's why they say they want to harmonize, right? To bring everything closer together. But you know, that's what we wanted to bring to light today. One of the things was plumbing chronicles, but the other side of it was knowing more about plumbing and kind of kind of our history together. Because I think of me being my age today, I think it's the perfect opportunity actually to kind of talk about how Adam got into it. And how I got into it. So, you know, one of sure. my questions is Adam's told me before, but obviously, you know, I forget a lot of things. The only thing that I remember <laughs> is that his mom's from Glasgow and his dad's from uh, <laughs> Other way around, bro. From, <laughs> from Belfast. <laughs> Other way That's around, the most bro. famous words that I know from Adam. But, you know, Adam, tell, tell, tell me about it again. Like, how, how did you get started? Um, and why did you choose the trade at the end of the day? And how come you didn't go into something else like, uh, being an electrician and not cleaning up the floors? Um, <laughs> uh, it's funny. My dad actually built houses for a living. He runs, um, uh, he's a super for a, a construction site. So anytime I got in trouble in high school, I'd always go as a laborer or go work on site. And I tried all, all the different trades. I got suspended so, so you got, so you got suspended on purpose just so that you could go to work, go to work. Yeah. But I was, uh, I, I worked as a laborer, but I worked as a, a bunch of different trades. And honestly, plumbing was the one thing that stood out for me. And I did it as for co-op and I did service for plumbing. It was, it was funny. My first call as a co-op student, I was 18 years old and we were working on a septic tank and there was grease balls floating in the septic tank. And, uh, I didn't want to, you know, say no to the guy. We opened up the septic tank for changing some stuff. And he's like, I need you to reach in there and grab those ball, the grease balls out of the septic tank. <laughs> where where, where <laughs> did he want you to reach into? <laughs> into Which the balls did he tank. want you to grab? <laughs> he's in the septic tank and grab the grease balls, the greasy balls out of the septic tank. And, uh, and, uh, I, I looked at them and I didn't want to ask for gloves and I didn't want to look soft. So I reached in there with bare hands and grabbed, <laughs> I grabbed the grease balls out of the septic tank with bare hands. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, you're going to work out in this trade. Yeah, um, but walking back to yeah. <laughs> but the thing is i after high school i ended up playing football at west and then i didn't really get into plumbing i was going to go to sate uh, which is the college in alberta for plumbing oh, i yeah. accepted to it and then i ended up moving back to ontario and i got into marketing 
uh, in Toronto and I, I had a whole life. And then when, when, when my daughter was, uh, when my daughter was coming, my wife, um, she told me, my girlfriend at the time told me that she was pregnant. I had to change it up and I went into plumbing when I was 26 years old when I finally got back into it. And that's the only reason why I really got into it. I hated it when I first started though. I really didn't like it, but, uh, what, what I did you not like about it? What did you not like about it? I hated my, my mentors, my coaches, like the guys that were teaching me, I had this crouchy Romanian guy that would like throw fittings at me. And I would ask him, like, we'd be doing rough ends. And I'd be like, why are we putting two inch here? And he'd be like, that's not my job. That's not my job to teach you. That school's going to teach you that. Just because give me what you I touch need. yourself at night. <laughs> <laughs> what I found out is he hated being called a gypsy, so I called him a gypsy every day. Um, but uh, is that why he no, told you to hate... reach down his pants and grab the grease balls? <laughs> yeah, he was the wrong guy. Wrong guy. But I, I hated plumbing, man. And then I got into service because I like I like problem solving. I like diagnosing stuff, and I like dealing with customers. But when I got into service, I really enjoyed it. And then uh, I found my passion and. Really, mentors on Instagram really helped me out there because I understood that plumbing wasn't just putting pipe in the air and and going home. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, plumbing was a, a lot bigger than what I was shown to when I was a first and second year. And that's the thing. I think the first and second year is the hardest year for apprentices to get over and understand that even if you're doing something you don't like right now, the plumbing is so big. Like maybe rough ends aren't for you. Maybe custom homes aren't for you. Maybe boilers are for you and hydronics is for you or sprinkler fitting is a completely different trade, but maybe that's for you. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, 100%. Like, that, and, you know, that's, and, that's why we want to bring those to light today as well from our conversation before, right? Like there's just so many uh, fast facets of plumbing that you can go into. It's not one and yeah. done. It's not about just drain cleaning. If it's, if some people are doing drain cleaning, like if you're unhappy, there's other stuff to do. There's cleaner stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, there's cleaner stuff, there's cleaner stuff, but you're always going to deal with some messy shit. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like out of all three skilled trades, if you're going to pick electrical, HVAC or plumbing, I think plumbing is the most labor intensive one out of the three. Like I, yeah. feel, I feel like plumbing uh, is more labor intensive, electrical, uh, you can die. So that's why they can pay so much in HVAC. They just tag along. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. It's true. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if electrical gets paid more because it's dangerous. I mean, plumbing is dangerous in itself. You know, no, for we, sure. we, we work of everything. And I always say that if you're a plumber, you almost have every tool on the planet. Yeah. Like there's, there's nothing that you're not supposed to do and that you can't do. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Like I have so much tools in my warehouse that some of them I have used only once, but at least somebody else paid for it and we charged for it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Um, why did you get in the trade? I know, I know the story a little bit when we were talking in Germany. Um, I know that you got into something else before you got into plumbing, but what, why did you, yeah. why did you get into plumbing? I, I dropped out from school. I was doing engineering. Um, and you know, typical Asian, good marks, everything, uh, cause parents force you to do whatever, but, typical uh, Asian. typical Asian, <laughs> typical Asian boy, still a typical Asian boy. Um, but you know, we, I went through that whole time where I was doing nothing. I was doing nothing. And all I did was play games after I dropped out. So right after that, what happened was my parents told me to go try plumbing and, or try elect, being an electrician. And I chose plumbing instead because plumbing just sounded something that was a lot more fun. 
Yeah. Um, obviously now I'm still here, but uh, after I tried it, I really liked the fact that it was very hands-on and I like mm-hmm. learning hands-on. Um, well, I like learning from the books as well, but I think there's something to it when you actually put your hands on something, put something together and it looks nice and you're really proud of the work that you've done. Yeah. And that's, that's literally how I got into it. Right. So when I finally got into it, because I was just so bored sitting at home, I was just playing games. I was getting stoned, uh, just gaming every day for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. My ass gets sore. It's super boring. And it, get, it became super boring. Um, Your ass is so sore in Germany. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just, for me, it was just like, I told my guy the other day this story. It's funny because yeah. I literally, like, sometimes you get to a point where you do something so much that you thought you liked it, but you didn't. So I yeah. thought I loved gaming, but I found out I didn't because I'd be gaming every day till like three or four in the morning. But since I was dropped out, like my friends would go back to school because they're going to school or they'll have work. Then they come back after work. Then they'll be, then I'll technically almost be waiting for them to, yeah. to start the same cycle. And then that same cycle, it just became so boring. It was so vicious that, you know, I finally found that I needed to do something. When my parents told me to do plumbing and I tried it, I went really deep into it. And I thought that this was something that I really want to be good at. And yeah. one day I wanted to start my business. So I did all of that. What made you, what yeah. made you specialize in what you're, what you're doing though? Like service, like what made you, like what kind of plumbing have you tried and where, why are you in service now? So it goes back to me wanting to start my own business. So I knew I wanted, I needed to do everything that I, to get the experience. So I started with commercial plumbing, doing like high rises, doing four story walk-ups. Uh, and then from there, I was very lucky to get the opportunity to get a referral to work at a manufacturer sales rep, you know, again, so if you don't know what manufacturer sales reps are, you don't know what suppliers are, there's layers of the industry that we talk about back in episode, what is it, two or three? Um, yeah. So search that up, but I wasn't a manufacturer sales rep and I was selling like tankless, not tankless, I was selling boilers and I was selling valves. And from there, I learned a lot about the sales side of it. And at one point I was, I, I was going to be a salesman. I thought that I was going to be an outside sales guy for life, travel, all that fun shit, get commission. Uh, but that, it's, that, that, that dream went away. It's crossed yeah, my mind. It, it literally crossed my mind too. Like, uh, do I want to be on the tools the whole my whole life? Like I'm yeah. really good at sales. I think this would be work work out for me, but I'm happy I'm where I'm at. Yeah, that I mean? that dream went away for me, and uh, soon afterwards, I because I didn't get paid enough. That's what that's where it got shattered, right? Because uh, yeah. because of because of the space looks too young, can't pay him more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> age some no dead serious real thing real real yeah. thing. Um, but then, so then I went back to, uh, going to the industry. I went back to knowing that I need to learn how to do service because a lot of times my parents or family and friends asked me if I could fix stuff, but I practically didn't know how to fix it. So I wanted to go into service to learn it. And then while I was in service, that was in a good company. And during this whole time, mind you, like I was thinking about specializing or doing something one day for myself. So I'm trying to find the best things and the worst things from a company, uh, to build my company one day. And from, from all that I did service, then like that company, I went to new construction, uh, got fired from it probably because I told them I wanted to create my own business one day, uh, which by the way, for a lot of you guys, some people like to be honest. If you're an honest guy, but you think that your owner is going to be honest with you, uh, don't be too honest. Sometimes make sure yeah. they're the right person. If you really think that you're going to tell them to start your own business, because a lot of people will fuck you over. Uh, one, they won't finish signing your hours or giving you your ticket. Or two, they just want to keep you 
and not have you steal their customers, right? So there's a lot of that to that. Um, anyway, so I went there, finished my last uh, year at another service company, and then I knew that it was time for me to go into service. And where it goes back to your question of why I stepped into the specialization of service is because for me, customer service is a really big thing. And I think it's kind of ingrained into me since my parents owned their own business for uh, arcade, yeah. where, you know, back in the day, what we focused on was making customers happy all the time. And I think I got a big joy out of that. And yeah. when I was doing service and I started doing calls for family and friends, I really enjoyed the fact where when I finished the work, people were really happy and I got paid for it. Yeah. And then I get to create a new relationship with a customer and I get to work hands on and sweat my ass off. So that, you know, that's, that's where I really got into the specialization of really liking and doing the service side of plumbing. Yeah, no, it's, I, I think, uh, I think the problem solving and the customer service aspect of it is why a lot of people get into service. You know what I mean? Because they just, yeah. they enjoy it. It's pleasing people. You know what I mean? You get it is, it is. From it. It. It's, it's so awesome. And I, and you know, if you're not that kind of guy that likes to deal with customers, know that every customer is a dick, a cunt, yeah. a bitch, every bad word you can say about yeah. it. But you know, that's the side of customer service that people have to learn, right? And if you don't like it, that's why you would go into construction. But in that side of construction, sometimes you have to deal with vulgar people. Sometimes yeah. you have to deal with PM, you have to deal with the elements, right? We talk about winter, negative degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit that you work with, or really hot days such as these as well. Um, but all of that builds character. Well, I, I, uh, I call construction plumbers, uh, cavemen. Uh, I've always done that because I was a service guy in the union and yeah. everybody called me. Everybody was like, why are you in service, dude? Like, it, like, I don't understand how you do it. And I'm like, why are you a caveman? Cause they don't even talk. They just grunt. Like it's yeah. like, uh, pipe there. Like you run a hundred feet of pipe and you go home. Like yeah. ah, that was not for me. And it's yeah. just, it c could be for some people. But yeah. like for me, we're, I, we're, yeah. always be I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're any better. I just say no. that it's just that everybody has different kinds of things that they like to do. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to every episode we talk about, if you like doing what you do, then don't worry about it, but also don't judge other people about it because the industry is vast is what we're talking about today. And yeah. that you never know where you end up. There's a lot of people that are in construction that want to get back into the plumbing, the, the service side of things, but Oh, for uh, sure, yeah. Know that they're complete. They're almost completely two different trades, if I were to say. Yeah. Dude, I had to, ever since uh, starting Aureli Group Plumbing, I've learned so much more about plumbing. Not just plumbing, but, like, un understanding business as well. Like, I feel like in the last three years, I've learned more than I did the five years of my apprenticeship. Because I've had to cram everything in. It was, like, back then when you were you get in a truck if you want to learn you learn that day if yeah. not you can just be yeah. hands you know what i mean 100%. but as soon as you get that red seal ticket it's like i don't get that apprentice card no more i don't get to say i can't figure it out you you yeah. have to figure it out that's no, it true. like that's it so like when a customer comes to me and there's a problem i have to be prepared for it and i've learned a few hard lessons like quoting man i put i did a quote today and i put so many exclusions on my quote like <laughs> so because the designer the designer is uh paying for I, like they're supplying all the fixtures and stuff and i'm like i have to throw this in here like if something goes wrong with the fixture it's not on me you yeah know what i mean like it's tough
it, so. it, it, it is tough. It is tough. I know what you mean. Like when, you know, maybe we'll have a, we'll, we'll, have, we'll talk on about more about business one day. I think that's where we're going to go into yeah. um, talking about things that you should do for your guys. Things that you should do for your business, for profits, uh, things you should do for marketing. Uh, I think there's so much of that, that a lot of people want to know. Yeah. Uh, that that'd be very valuable and at the same time even if you're not an owner it's very valuable to know as an employee where costs go uh for your for a business so you don't judge too much on where you think that when you have a high invoice uh, and your customer pays for it that it all goes into the owner's pocket because it really doesn't and that's not how a business works uh, a lot of people might think so when they start their own business they get fucked because they think that there's no such thing as taxes out there uh, well, they they're like they're like this guy's paying me thirty dollars an hour, and he's charging out me uh, charging me out a hundred an hour. Like yeah, like he, he's making a fortune on me. It's like you have no clue. You have no clue. your rates plus insurance. Like you have no clue whatsoever. But that's why but, I like to be transparent. Make yeah. you guys understand. Like like hey, listen, I'm charging you out of this, but this is what you act you're actually worth. You know what I mean? It's, it's true. Much, it's true. Yeah. But uh, so, so today, that's all we're going to be talking about. You know, we want to keep it short because I have plans today and Adam, Adam has plans as well. N nice little 36 minutes that we're chatting here today. But next week, actually, we have um, hopefully we have a good treat for you guys. What we're trying to do next week is either we're going to talk about uh, sorry, industry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Isaiah, un uneducated American plumber. What is a red seal? <laughs> we have to explain uh, that. It's, sorry. It's, I know it's, <laughs> A red seal is a license for us. So like practically it's our master plumber's license for me in BC. I don't have master license. We just call it a red seal and I'm a journeyman and that's it for yeah, you so guys. If you guys have a master, license. we yeah. have a master's license, but red seal is basically your red seal exam for, I mean, you can be a red seal carpenter, a red seal electrician, red seal, HVAC, red seal. There's it's trades across Canada. So oh when you have your red seal, you're a yeah. red seal plumber. What? So you check out who just joined, says Dope Dent Tape. So this is what we're going to be talking about next week. So a lot of you, we know that, you know, back in the day, maybe a couple years ago, we had this shit called Dope Gate or a Tape Dent Dope or Dope Dent Tape. <laughs> we should um, get Baker in for that. <laughs> so, so we wanted to add a treat for next week. Hopefully we can get our guest coming in to see if he has time for that 430. But if not, we might change it back to our initial talk about the industry events uh, and one of our biggest person to talk to about that Centrotherm. As you guys know lately, Centrotherm is having their Miami event once again for Squid Games 2. So if you guys are interested, uh, not a paid ad, not anything. I think Centrotherm is doing a great thing. Sign up for their, or sign up for their um, thing on their page to RSVP for it and hopefully you guys get chosen to come out with a bunch of plumbers and influencers and content creators, whatever you want to call them to come on and have fun with us and just, you know, learn more about Centrotherm. But if so, either or next week, we actually want to push on uh, the topic of dope gate. Red seal. It's dope. A dope then tape. Red seal plumbers from Canada are world. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mike's in here too. Awesome. But yeah, so, so look up for next week. The poster will tell it all. We're just trying to line up everything. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. So next week you'll see some guy, either it'll be Josh from Odie or it could be Matt from Cetrotherm. So keep your eyes peeled for that poster. Let's set that up for, let's get the poster up for Monday. Yeah. Let's we'll try to set that for that. Monday. Keep it in your calendars for 4.30 PST, 7.30 EST, and we'll see you guys then. And if you want to come on the, on the show, just reach out to either one of us. Yeah, reach out and, and then uh, give us a chat or put, put yourself to get invited here next time because 
sometimes it's great to have guests to bounce ideas off of, but it's not going to be a long shot. So go eat sushi. You enjoy your birthday. See you guys later. Have a good night. See you,